I would be willing to bet my life that dev boot camps do not even talk about big O notation, and they probably don't even understand what if you they just do. Said. Super high level. Yeah, but it's really important. And again, I know I'm getting probably technical with like the big O notation here, right? O of N being, it has to loop through every iteration to figure out which one it should be, where it becomes O of one, which is like when you have like a hashed dictionary or something like it can, because it knows the memory address, I'm accessing index five. Okay. So five I, is always five. So I failed college three times and I've, I've failed, I, I was in first, first time it was one semester. Then I went back for another semester a few years later. Then I went to a tech school. Um, but so I, I have a very shallow, like higher ed mm -hmm. uh, coding background. But I, the one course I took taught me about big O notation. And I understood exactly what you were saying. <laughs> I would be willing to bet my life that dev boot camps do not even talk about big O notation. And they probably don't even understand what if you they just do. Said. Super high level. Yeah, but it's really important because it, it when you're getting at optimizations and performance, super important. It, it affects how your code scales. Like, how does it perform at scale? So, for the people that don't know, can you explain super high level? Explain it to me, like I'm five. What is big O notation? So, big O notation is uh, it's essentially it's a math equation that um, at worst is how's your application going to perform. So usually you'll have like an O of one, which is the fastest you can do. It's like instant operation, boom. An O of N, like for an example, is gonna be like a loop, like a while loop or for loop where you iterate over every the larger portion. The larger N gets, the slower it gets. Yeah, the larger N gets, the slower it gets. But but with O of one, no matter how large N is, it's the same Always. speed. Yeah. Right, so that's where you talk about like your hash sets or your dictionaries or things like that, yeah. right? Because you're giving it a specific index and it knows exactly where it is in memory. Yeah. Even like a binary search would consider, would that still be an O of one? Uh, a binary search, if I remember right, that is a. Because it's a finite number of iterations. I think I think it's an O of log of N. Okay. Like it's not, it's better than, than N. N, but it's not, not as good as one. Yeah, okay, okay. But like, I mean, again, but when you have an O of one operation, right? Like you have a dictionary, you got your dictionaries, yeah, yeah. you got your hashes, they cost more. Right, they use more memory. They use more resources, so like it's always those bet those, you know, those micro decisions yep. of, okay, like how performant do we really need to be? So, so practically speaking, like this is we're hypersensitive to this problem at work because um, there's an issue. We do web-based programming, and there's an issue with browsers where a browser will only execute. Um, n number of simultaneous calls to a server web requests web requests yeah so in a single page app you you might have a dozen or two dozen api calls those are handled by the browser chrome for instance is only going to process six or so of those at any given time so it's going to send up six requests asynchronously wait for the responses and it'll do another six mm -hmm. and it might not be that clean but the idea is it's not like gobbling up your cpu threads with a bunch of simultaneous yeah, and requests. firefox is eight yeah so if your application um, doesn't have a known number of requests to the database, O of one or O of log N, if it's O of N and N can grow like 
you're just going to be it's a eating pr- up all your resources. It's a huge problem. Yeah, and, we, and we've seen that where, or it's 2N, where for every record... Or it makes two more calls, yeah, right? Or it's n of n, and it, and it, you know when you're building something and your your test data is generally pretty small, and you're not cognizant of it's fast. It's really fast when you're building it. Then you put it into production where there's millions of data like data points, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you've taken down the production server because you've chewed what up you all the was, yeah. What yeah. you thought was fast, like yeah, sure, it's fast for now. So that's a really good example of something where I think the boot camps can start doing a better job of is explaining. Some of those abstract con- concepts that have like real world implications that that are being this isn't just a thing that we talk about like once in a blue moon. This is something we're we're talking about every day when it comes to performance optimizations. Right, and, and it's not like it's a difficult conversation, right? Yeah. And it's a it's a standard that we have on our developers of you have to know how many API requests are being made per page. Yep. Again, it could be a million. I don't care. You, but it's going to be a million every single time yeah right and then it's the same thing for okay now we're on the server we're about to make our database calls we need to know how many database calls that's going to be now we use um energy framework to um operate between so we're a c-sharp microsoft company so we're using c-sharp with energy framework to our t-sql server um sometimes we'll use a start procedure because we need to be more optimal in what we're searching for is what we're operating against but usually any framework good enough but once you start selecting different data elements out entity framework is trying to give you a benefit of optimizing it and then as it selects every row it's making another database call and that's really kind of where we're hitting people of right because the the cost of opening the connection string the cost of getting the data and sending it across network and then closing that connection it's expensive it eats, it, it eats up resources super fast yeah like there's and and with more with modern web apps, there, there's this concept of a connection pool. So it's you're opening and closing, but it's it's kind of like keeping the connection warm. And an app can have a certain number of connections available. So let's say it's a thousand connections can be made to the mm-hmm. database from the application. If your web application for every user is eating up half of those, and you got ten users using it, most of your users are going to be sitting in line waiting for a connection to be open mm-hmm. and then if the user base doubles for whatever reason now more are waiting and pretty soon your users start timing out because they've been waiting in line for one of these available connections to be open and they can't get in these are problems you don't see in in development you might not see in testing unless you're doing performance low, low testing, testing which yeah. most companies don't do um so we, we really rely on the developers to be cognizant of how will this thing run when a thousand people are on it? Yeah, is it gonna is it gonna eat up a million connections? Right. So, so, and it, just to give a little bit, if if you are experiencing this, look at your app server, and you're gonna see your uh, CPU and RAM spike. Yeah. And what you look at your SQL server, and you're gonna see your CPU and RAM low. Like yeah, that's usually yep, the telltale yep. sign of my queue is getting large. And, but my SQL looks great. Yeah, your database server is like, yeah, this is great. I'm 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 dealing with a thousand people at once, and your app server is like, in, it's like a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they're all waiting in queue. Yeah. They want to get their turn, and they're fighting for resources. Yep. So so yeah, um, that that's one example of I think an area where dev code camps fall short. Can you? Well, think- honestly, they didn't teach that me teach that in college either, though. They taught it to me. 
You went to the wrong school. I did. No, we, we both went to UW-Milwaukee. I learned that. Did you go for computer science? I'll be, I can't tell you what I went for because I don't remember. Okay. But I remember I went to Marquette for a semester and UW-Milwaukee for a semester. And I, I think I learned it at UW-Milwaukee. So I know I learned big O notation at uw I mean, I only went there. So like, I know that I learned that in college. But in terms of like... That actual practical experience. Oh no no no! I I just I just inferred that. Oh like, yeah okay. Yeah yeah. I they didn't explain like how. Yeah, when I learned it at the time, I'm like, this is stupid. Why do I need to know this? Oh yeah, then you hit the problem and you're like, oh, this is why it I matters. See. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is why it matters. 